Hola, mi gente. Here we are at episode one of the new season in concept to Embracing My Markings podcast. To start off, I just want to say I really miss you guys. I've missed recording. I've, I've missed it all. So I'm so glad to be back. And I just want to say today's episode is part of the new concept I am bringing to Embracing My Markings and highlighting today a Latina-owned brand that is making big waves in the big leagues. Today we are talking to Sandra Velasquez, owner and founder of Nopalera.co. If you haven't heard of Nopalera, girl, let me fill you in. <laughs> Nopalera products are inspired by the beauty and richness of Mexico. I love that. Um, she takes inspiration from the nopal cactus, an ancient symbol of Mexican culture and one of the most sustainable, nourishing, and versatile plants in the world because we eat it, we use it on our skin, and we use it everywhere. <laughs> um I love this. I actually got this off of her website where it says this plant is strong, resilient, beautiful, and has always been here, just like us. Isn't that so nice? Oh, I love that. Um, so with her products, she's elevating and celebrating the Latino culture. And at the moment, you can find cactus body soaps, which I love. If you guys follow me um, personally on Instagram or TikTok at maribel.kings, you guys can find that I've made videos of it. Exfoliants, moisturizer, moisturizing botanical bars, and merch. I just got the tote bag. So cute. And she said that it was limited edition, so don't even think twice it's $30 super worth it because it's just so sturdy um I love the simplicity of it but the details are just amazing so go get yourself one and a little bit about Sandra Sandra was raised by Mexican immigrant parents here in San Diego California to be exact in North Park near the U.S. and Mexican border um she Created Nopalera to celebrate the culture, loud and proud, no apologies. Growing up, Nopales were everywhere for her. Um, she goes into detail at the beginning of our interview where, you know, she's telling me that at her mom, her mom's house, at the front of the house, there's always been this Nopal plant and it's huge and you can see it. It's like a staple. And one day she just was like, hmm. Let me try this because she was singing, you know, for most of her life. And, you know, then COVID hit. And so she started Nopalera in 2020. And just to show you guys how committed she is to making high end products with clean ingredients and celebrating natural beauty, she created this or she started creating the brand in 2020 in her kitchen. And now you can find her in Nordstrom. Isn't that amazing? And she has so much more coming in the next few years. And instead of me telling you, let's hear it from her. But before I let you guys hear the whole interview, I do want to apologize. My audio file was actually corrupted in the first 10 minutes of our conversation. So it's very hard to hear her. So I decided to actually remove that audio. However... I do promise the best and the good part is what you are about to hear. If you want to start your own brand, if you want to create something, if you just need that motivation to get started, you do not want to miss this episode. 
map it out, like actually make a deck, you know, like you're going to present it to someone because you're going to be sharing that deck every time you bring someone onto the bus. Because you have to train people like, welcome to the team. Here's what we're about, you know? Yes, yes. And I think that's so important um, as well, you know, um, getting some type of vision board, as you know, maybe when you're first having an idea of how to get your business. Um, God, that's such good advice, Sandra. <laughs> and I love to, I also found on your website that you have entrepreneur workshops. Um, yes. Yes. Wow. And that's what I mean. Like, Sandra, what do you not do? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot I don't do, honestly. Um, but I just I really want to share my journey in real time and be transparent because I think that that's the most useful. Um, and I think that, you know, I wish that I could have had. I, I still have to go ask other founders like, OK, how much do you pay for this person? How what do you what do you use for this? Right. Because the information is not just like on the Internet. It's all conversations. So I really want to be transparent, especially around the money, because mm-hmm. I think that we need to just have more transparent conversations about money. I think that that's one of the big things that holds people back. Yes. And uh, and uh, people don't you know, financial literacy is not taught to us in schools. And a lot of us inherited our you know, money traumas from our families. And it's so we need we need guidance you know on on the money and there's just so much about building a business that is about the mindset it's actually the biggest piece and it sounds you know a little cliche to say that but it's true because i have never been able to afford anything that i have done and if i had waited till i had had money to start nopaleta i would have never started so you know so much about you know building is um is working on your mindset right and being and normalizing you know, I still do this exercise to this day, you know, normalizing numbers and and not being scared of money, not being scared of big numbers, because if we've always lived in small numbers, then that's normal to us. And it feels scary to go outside of that. Like, oh, my God, how can I ever afford that? Like, we're scared of debt. We're scared of credit cards. We're scared of loans, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and um, whereas people that have wealth, they look at loans like leverage, yeah. <laughs> you know. Scared because they're like, yeah, you know, it's a loan, you'll pay it off, you know. And I think that once you also do that and you prove it to yourself that you can, then it just helps you to keep going, right? Um, and I think that's very important, especially in our culture. Um, Mm -hmm. that's something that I've I've come to realize, Sandra, that you know, my parents came to this country with nothing. Mm-hmm. They didn't even speak mm-hmm. the language like mm-hmm. just recently. And I wasn't an adult. My parents never really spoke about it. Like mm. I was kind of like in a glass mm-hmm. bubble growing mm-hmm. up. I thought we were mm-hmm. rich, Sandra. <laughs> I didn't know my parents were on Section 8 and what Medi-Cal uh-huh. was. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, because yeah. food was always on the table. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I always had clothes. I, you mm-hmm. know, like I never... Um, I don't I don't know what's the word. Nunca nunca fui privada de nada. You know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. So it was like growing up, I knew like you just said, debt was horrible. Like my mm-hmm. parents were like, You have to get a credit card because you know, you have to create your um credit your credit score, but you pay that puppy off. Like you cannot mm-hmm. like overspend. Mm-hmm. No gastes dinero que no tienes. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you want to build a business, oh, you need so much money. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I was telling my dad what's my 
right now everything that I'm creating and everything I have a vision of what I want for them you know I mm-hmm. want to be able to give back to my parents mm-hmm. and I told my dad I'm gonna buy you a house in this mm-hmm. region of mm-hmm. San Diego mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he said oyes tienes un problema tu piensas que, que eres millonaria mm. and and I sat with that and, you know, a couple, maybe even a couple months ago, I would have been like, oh, yeah, that's too much for me to dream of or whatever. You know, mm-hmm, thankfully, mm-hmm. I'm in therapy. I always encourage mm-hmm. everybody to go to therapy. Yes. But now I'm like, no, it's not millionaires that live there. I'm not telling you I'm going to put you in La Jolla or Del Mar. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going to give you a nice house. Like, there's no reason for you to be looking at mobile homes. Like, mm-hmm. you can afford more than that. Mm-hmm. It's just how you're going to get there. And now I'm trying mm-hmm. to like, you know, n- like you said, you kind of work backwards and you're like, okay, what's mm-hmm. going to get me there? What's mm-hmm. the steps that I need to take to get me there? And I've mm-hmm. been trying to learn about money and have like mm-hmm. a healthy relationship and not be so scared yes. of, of it. Because I feel like, yeah, I was raised very ignorant with that, but I don't think my parents could have taught me any different because of yeah, their circumstances they, absolutely absolutely and that's the thing it's not a it's not a fault or anything right it's no. just that we we also just unknowingly inherit our parents money wounds and traumas um yes. and and because it's not discussed we just take it as fact yes. right and so that's the thing is that the f- step one is to understand that you have a relationship with money mm-hmm. so <laughs> And if, you know, that's step one. So it's not just like, it, things are not just facts, right? We we feel things, we're, we're, we're emotional creatures. And so, you know, even for me, I'm in the middle of this fundraise and I have had to really push myself because I, you know, initially I was like, okay, I need to raise $100,000. Like, that's all I need to raise. I just want to raise just as much as I need for like this round of inventory. And then a friend of mine uh, was like, you know, you should really be looking for 250. I was like, okay, you're right. And so then it was like the, really the hurdle was just emotional. Like, oh God, 250, you know, 250,000, yes. a lot of money. And then I realized as I looked at my, as I started to really look at my financial model, like 250 is nothing. <laughs> so I was like, okay, now it's 500. Yeah. And then, and then when I started this raise, I was like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, I need to raise a million. Yeah. And then, uh, and that felt like a huge amount of money. Like, oh my God, I'm going to raise a million dollars. What? You know? Yeah. And now I'm raising 2 million. Wow. But the point, but the point of my story is that the, the difference, you know, me thinking that I needed 100,000 or 2 million, the, the hurdle was actually just in my mind. You know, of yes. like the me me jumping over these big numbers because they felt like big numbers to me, yes. and because I have never seen two hundred fifty thousand dollars at once. I have never seen five hundred thousand dollars in my bank account, you know, or in anyone's bank account. So, yeah, um, yeah. was purely emotional. And you know, I think when you start to really when you're building a business and you're really looking at like a spreadsheet of your financial model, which everyone should have, even a basic one, and you really see how much things cost. You know, how much is it? How much do salaries cost? How much does overhead cost? And in my case, I'm a product based business. So I have inventory, which is my one of my biggest costs. You know, yes. I have to make product in advance before we sell it. So really looking at how much things cost. And if you want to sell this much, that means you have to make this much inventory and it, whatever. Right. So um, I just you have to stop being scared of, of money. You know, um, yes. and it's and, not it's not it's not easy. It's not overnight. Yes. <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a, I, it's a process yes it definitely is and you know what's very interesting um i think that's not really 
focus, like you said, when we're talking about entrepreneurship and, and, um, you know, because I remember taking a course on eCornell, so online Mm -hmm. for Cornell University, Mm -hmm. and they have this free course, um, for women that want to be entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. It's 100% free. I think, I think it's a union bank funds it or something like that. Um, Mm And so I took it. I don't have no product. I don't have nothing. But mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to learn, like, what are they teaching, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And the very first lesson was mentality. Mm-hmm. Having that yeah. imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Have you dealt with imposter syndrome? Just not with, num- like, not only with numbers, but just mm-hmm. you saying, like, this is too much, like... I can't like who am I to be giving high end, you know, products Mm -hmm. to the world? Yeah, I actually don't think that I suffer from imposter syndrome. Thankfully, I think that I was born and blessed with natural confidence and like ganas. And so I actually feel a responsibility to put it to use because I was very fortunate to have, you know, my mother's also from Mexico. She came here also as an adult, did not speak English. And, but she is um, like, you know, when you look up Chingona, there's a picture of her, right? (laughs) And so she came here as an adult, you know, spoke no English, learned English, put herself through like community college then went or state San Diego State I think and then went to law school and in downtown San Diego and now she is known as La Flama de la Justicia she's a very like revered and critically acclaimed immigration attorney in San Diego she's always on Univision whenever there's like changes in the law and they need like you know an expert on immigration I knew I knew her yeah, <laughs> when I saw her um, that night at uh, yeah. Casa Cocina, I was like, "She yeah. looks so familiar." Yeah. Okay, now I remember. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so I was so I was very you know fortunate to be raised by someone who was extremely fierce and just went after things. You know, yes. like you know when she was when she moved here, her goal was to like become a secretary because at that time it was like yeah wow become a secretary like that's such an esteemed job you know and that could be like a that could be an aspirational career goal and then people kept telling her like when she would have questions they would say oh well you have, you need to ask a lawyer for that and then finally she just got fed up she was like i'm just going to become a lawyer because wow. i keep having to go talk to them and so i think that i had that modeled for me and so i that very much shaped who i am so i have always been for better for worse like super uh like cabezona you know just like very much like i'm gonna do this in a good in a good way yeah but you know for better for worse right because some obviously like that's also worked against me sometimes where we're like i'm gonna do this and then it was a mistake right (laughs) so we learn we learn from those mistakes though of course that's how i feel Um, oh yeah totally no regrets i love i love your line um what, what did you say um the only failure is when you decide to quit or something yeah. like that you mentioned. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And honestly, failure, people think failure is like the end, right? It's like mm-hmm. you, you survive failure. You know, like you either keep going or you stop, you know, um, you, it doesn't kill you. You know what I'm saying? Like if you have a failed business, you're not going to die, you know? So um, I think that we, we need to also change our, our perspective on what failure is, you know? Yes. Um, and I think it also just comes back to honestly like ego because we're scared to fail in front of people and we're scared what people are going to think about us. Mm-hmm. And that's truly what people I think are scared of is what other people think. Um, yes. You know? That's what has yeah. kept me personally. Yeah. That, yeah. that has kept yeah. me in a box. 
you yeah. know, apart yeah. from everything else. And so in that course, talking about mentality, you know, they not only address imposter syndrome, but they address, you know, being confident and believing in yourself because they said, if you don't believe in yourself, then no one will. And, 100%. And I was like, no. So that's when, you know, thankfully I already had a really good therapist and I was already working on myself because we all carry baggage and things. And, um, you know, I have a lot of trauma and all that. So I had to work those things out. And Sandra, like, honestly, I, I don't even think I would have met you if it wasn't for therapy. Because that night that I went out, I was so nervous because it was like the first time that I went out by myself, you know, without my husband. I always have to be with my husband and my son. Um, and I'm always counting on other people. And I was like, well, even if I go alone, I'll go alone. Like, I just want to go and I want to meet this woman. I, I want to see who's behind the products. And it was just mm -hmm. so amazing to meet you and to be there. And I felt so motivated and inspired. So thank you. That's great. Thank you. Oh, you might. Yes. I mean, that's that's I'm also very cognizant of the fact that as I'm building this, it is impacting the community and inspiring other people to pursue their dreams and live boldly. And um, I just think, again, it's so important to surround yourself with people who want to see you win. Yes. And, you know, because if you surround yourself with other people who are also building, you will never be judged because they're in the same boat. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's only people. And just remember the people that are going to judge you are the people that are not pursuing their dreams. <laughs> That's true. Uh, that is so you true. Know. <laughs> and, and sometimes um, you can't tell your, your dreams to people that don't dream because yeah, they'll never understand. Nope, exactly. So that's why you want to surround yourself with people who do have a growth mindset and are building because mm -hmm. you're going to go through the ups and downs together and they are going to understand your situation. Um, so, yeah. Wow. <laughs> now, I, I wanted to go a little bit further into the entrepreneur workshops. What do mm -hmm. those look like? And, you know, what do you offer for the community? Yeah, so I was teaching them live for a bit, but then I, I just got too busy, so I made them on demand. So I pre-recorded them and I put them on my website, like not the yes. Notepilot website, but my personal website. And um, I just have two because I think the two main things that I was getting questions about or that people have um, kind of like uh, like a knowledge gap around are margins, like really understanding margins and the math, like how you should be pricing your products. Yeah. Um, and then um, and then number two, branding. Uh, so I have a margins class on there on my website and I have a branding workshop. So they're both just on demand at the moment. Um, and they they both come with um, assets, you know. So for example, the margins class comes with like a custom built calculator that I made that I use for myself. It comes with, you know, sales tracker, it comes with a cash flow uh, worksheet. Um, and then the branding workshop uh, really just walks you through what you need to be thinking about when you're branding your product and how to present, you know, and how to find people, et cetera. So those wow. are the two things that are on my site now. So yeah, they're yes. not live anymore, but I'd love to teach them live again <laughs> at some point when I have more time. Yes. So yeah, definitely. If you guys are interested, if you guys need some helpful tools, go and check out uh, nopalera.co and that's the brand building workshop and the margin magic masterclass for product makers i i love that you're giving back and then like i said the podcast you guys cannot miss the podcast no Palera podcast you can find it anywhere where you listen 
to podcast <laughs> available yes. in all platforms. Um, and there's very interesting conversations. I even like the little short ones that you make, you know, because um, sometimes mm-hmm. she has guests and sometimes she's solo. Um, yeah. But, you know, she discusses, like I mentioned earlier, she discusses, you know, strategies, systems, ups and downs of building a brand from the ground up. And if you guys haven't checked out the products, please check out nopalera.co. Thank you. Do we have something to look forward to in the future? Like where where do you see Nopalera maybe like in in a year, something short term? Yeah, um, this next year, we're really preparing to partner with a national retailer. So hopefully either Ulta or Sephora, it'll be one or the other. Wow. Currently, I'm meeting with both of them right now. So we will see. Um, but they plan very far in advance. So, so if it, you know, when it happens, it's not going to be till, you know, yeah, the, yeah, like yeah. later in 2023. So currently just working on um, formulating new products, you know, preparing for that um, and and just, you know, in this middle of this fundraise. So that's that's a really big thing because it's a full-time job yes definitely the fundraiser how does that work sandra okay so that's a whole other podcast episode but like the the cliff's nose version is (laughs) yeah the very short version (laughs) the cliff's nose version is you know for anyone that's never fundraised is there's different ways to raise money so number one you know, crowd equity funding has become very popular in the last couple of years, which is great. This is, you know, what Little Libros did, you know, oh, um, yes. Patty Rodriguez, right? So they went, they turned it to the community and they had, you know, they raised, I don't know, two million or three million. It was either two or three million dollars wow. from, you know, thousands of uh, people in the community, right? So people gave a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, or maybe more. And so now they all own a piece of Little Libros, you know, so that's one way to do it is to do crowd equity funding. Okay. Uh, the other way to do it is um, to raise institutional capital. So this is like venture capital firms, you know, what oh. we call VCs. Yes. So that is what I'm doing. Um, so VCs are essentially, venture capitalists are essentially, you know, think of them like uh, they'll be like a lead, you know, or like partners, like general partners okay. who are, um, they have money and then they know other people that have money. And so they raise money from their friends and put it into a pool that then they are in charge of managing the fund, like the lead partners. Oh. So, um, so what it is, is, you know, they, they, they commit dollars to, to brands, they invest and then they want to see a return on their investment, you know? So the one, to once you engage with venture capital firms, you are, you have to have an exit strategy because they need to get their money back times 10. Oh, right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not so, for free. <laughs> no, 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 it's not for free. And it's also not they're not trying to help you build a lifestyle brand, which, you know, just to define that some people want to build companies that they want to have forever. You know, they want to pass it on to their kids. They want to do it. They want to do it for the rest of their lives. And that's one way to have a company. Another way is to build a company and then to sell it. So um, when you're engaging with venture capital firms, you have to have an exit strategy. Right. And um, and then there's also angel investors. So a lot of, you know, early stage brands like at my stage will raise what they call a family and friends round. And this is where it's the same thing. You're you're getting you're, you're getting investment, but they're not venture capitalists. They could just be high net worth individuals or they could be literally your family and friends your uncle Mm. for me that was obviously not an option because I don't have any rich family and friends (laughs) so (laughs) so, um, really my options were like do the crowd equity funding route you know like Mm -hmm. Kickstarter or go you know those kinds of things right or you know do raise venture capital Um, and I also have you know met some angel investors as well who are obviously not related to me but 
that is it's a it's a very it's it's a full-time job when you're in the middle of a fundraise it's a full-time job you have there's a lot of information they obviously need to see everything about your entire company so you know you you create what's called a data room which is like a series of folders with all the different you know there's like financials marketing sales roadmap you know d2c wholesale traction you know it's your whole company um and then you know they invest money and they will partner you know when you're bringing on venture capital firms you're also looking for thought partners so it's not just about the money because here's the um you know back to our earlier point about money mindset the reality is that the reality is that there is so much money in the world and just so just i want everyone to be aware of that because don't be desperate for the don't just take it from anyone because when you especially if you're raising from venture capital firms you're you're getting married like they are with you till the end till you sell the company so you want to make sure that you these are people that you like that you trust that are going to not just bring you money because again there's plenty of money in the world <laughs> you want people that are going to help you grow like what resources do they have what connections do they have that can help you scale and grow so that's part of the process of you know choosing you know, venture capital firms. So I actually, um, just this week, um, I can't release names yet, but I did get a commitment from a VC firm. So wow. I'm excited because um, I'm, you know, I'm raising 2 million and I'm still talking, I still have meetings next week with some other angel investors, um, but at least I have um, a strong commitment from from a VC firm. So that is, that's really exciting. That's huge. And yeah, so that's huge. Um, and, but all of this that I'm doing, I've had to learn for the first time as I'm doing it. And that's why I'm so busy and so exhausted because (laughs) it's not like I'm doing something that I know how to do. You know, I'm literally learning as I go. And, you know, I have to show up to these meetings like I know what I'm talking about. So I have to really I also have to understand my business in and out, you know. Yes. And all of the metrics and everything. So, um, yeah, fundraising. And then, you know, what you're doing, just to be clear, when you're fundraising, you're giving away, you're selling equity in your company. Right. So you are giving away stock and shares of your company so these people also own part of your company that's how they make their money when you sell it yes so right this is not a loan right this is an investment that they expect a return on um so yeah so that's that's kind of the the short version i guess of of fundraising and you know thank you so much for sharing that because i had no idea I, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen shows like Shark Tank and you kind of mm-hmm. just get like a little preview or whatever, but it, mm-hmm. it doesn't really go into details. But mm-hmm. how you just explained it was really good because it's like, oh, OK, that's what happens. And I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes once they see, you know, numbers and the actual facts, they might mm-hmm. not want to invest or if they don't see it there. Um, yeah. But I, I kind of wanted to then praise you again, Sandra, because you're doing all of this. Plus, mm-hmm. you know, you have that podcast. You're giving mm-hmm. really good information, inside information. Plus, you're doing the entrepreneur workshops. Plus, you're giving us great, you know, um, products. And now it bothers me even more the comments that I've seen where they're like it's too expensive mm-hmm. it's, yeah. oh my god it would, I, mm-hmm. I forgot the, the one that you received that you post, posted on Instagram you put the no in Nopalera yeah um, yeah exactly you put the no in Nopales $14 a bar <laughs> yeah it's like it's hilarious oh my god like are you serious she's not 
I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know because um, I've always had a negative um, perspective when it comes to people que regatea. Mm-hmm. Especially to our people. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, you have not even a second thought when you walk mm-hmm. into Target, when you walk into a guest shop. You know, mm-hmm. our people love guests. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, or a coach or whatever. You don't even think twice. Mm-hmm. like nothing. But to know that mm-hmm. this is going back into your community and they're mm-hmm. giving you resources and they're giving you a good product. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to figure out formula. You had to figure out, like, you know, what works, what doesn't, packaging. Like, todo eso no se ponen a pensar. Es gente ignorante. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I don't I, know. I, tengo hasta la piel chinita because <laughs> I get so like passionate about it. We should yeah. never ever. And right now, that's one of my missions of going to small businesses. You know, like Arte Alexia in Casa Cocina. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just visited a, a florist shop, beautiful florist shop um, in Chula Vista, también Latina owned. And I'm like, mm. I want to go and buy from Latinos. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want to buy from Etsy. I don't want to buy from mm-hmm. Amazon. I want to go and support. Mm-hmm. And that was my next question, Sandra. Um, because I don't use big real retail stores, you know, like I have a Nordstrom near me, but I don't go in there and mm-hmm. buy product. But mm-hmm. how much does that mean for your company or for anybody's company that's inside of a big retailer does it benefit mm-hmm. you guys when we walk in there and support you yes a hundred percent because and people have asked me this question before like how what, what's better for you if we buy from your website or if we buy from nordstrom honestly the, the answer is both but the thing with retail partners is that here's what people here's what i guess um you know like non-entrepreneurs mm-hmm. uh, don't understand is that once you get into a store like let's say target but you know any yeah. any store Target, Nordstrom, Walmart, you know, uh, Sephora. Once you get into the store, that that's actually when your job as a, as a brand begins, because here's the reality. The only reason that there is room for a new brand at a store is because someone else failed and got taken off the shelves. Oh. So, right. Because think about it, right. When you buy a new couch, what do you do with the old couch? You throw it away, right. You can't have, you just, you can't just keep bringing in new couches into your house. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same. The store size does not change. The size of the shelves do not change, right. The footprint of the store does not change. What changes are the things on the shelf. And so when we hit the shelves, that's why you see people like, okay, we're available at target. Everybody go there and buy it. Right. Because mm. that we need to prove ourselves to the retailer. We need, and we prove ourselves through our sales. So yes, it does support brands when you're buying them at stores. This is not like, like, it's not like the music industry where like, if you buy, if you go to, to, to um, Spotify and you download my album, like that doesn't really help me. Right. Okay. Because Spotify, the way that the money works on for music stream platforms is really um, is really bad. Right. So yes. it does not it does not help artists. But when we're talking about product based businesses like, yes, it does help us when you support us at brick and mortar stores, because then, you know, those retailers, it helps our sales at those retailers. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. OK. And see, I never knew that. I, I never knew that. So I would always just go directly to, you know, like I was mm-hmm. last night at your website and I. I made an yeah. order. Um, mm-hmm. But now I know, then I'm going to walk into Nordstrom and buy your stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. It's only in San Diego. We're only at the one in Fashion Valley. Okay. Yeah. I'm near there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, now, in the in the future, do you see yourself doing anything, you know, further longer than a year, you know, like five years down the road, what would mm -hmm. you, where would you love to see your company? I think by in five years, we could potentially already be a global brand, um, you know, depending on how fast we grow. I hope um, so. so, you know, retail partners like Sephora are global brands, right? They're in 33 countries and that takes a lot of capital, a bigger team, a lot more resources. So, you know, whether it'll be me that is leading the, the company at that point or whether, you know, we will have been acquired at that point. Okay. I just think that the future of Nopalera is global. Oh, I love that. I love that, Sandra. Uh, can I can I just be best friends with you? <laughs> Because honestly, you're such an inspiration, Sandra. Um, Thank I you. really appreciate your time to come and sit down with me um, for a little bit and and discuss. Um, me siento bien motivada. I don't know how else to tell you. Like I, yeah. I want to create a product. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> um, no worries. Pero Thank you so much for keeping it real. Thank you for giving back to, you know, the community and, and resources and giving us the inside looks through your podcast, through your workshops um, and giving us such great products. I really wish you the best in the future. And thank you. We will be going to um, Nordstrom because that's the only store because the other two stores, um, I don't think we have them here. Do we? The... FP no, movement no, and credo. Actually, there is an FP movement also in Fashion Valley. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So you can buy an FP movement, free people, in Fashion Valley and um, and Nordstrom Fashion Valley. Yeah. So same same mall. <laughs> oh man, I I can't wait. I'm actually gonna go out there then today, and I'll stock mm -hmm. up in some soaps. I'm doing like these little gift bags. Um, oh, cool. I love giving my girlfriends like little gifts now and then, like self-care mm -hmm. gifts. So I'm going to yes. put some soaps in there for them. Yeah. Awesome. So. It's a great gift. Hi, Sandra. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it was a pleasure. And I will continue to support you till the wheels fall off. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it, my man. All right, Sandra. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. I want to hear your story or I want to support your small business. To do so, please go ahead and visit EmbracingMyMarkings.com. Thank you for tuning in.